Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you this morning to our City Builders online service. It's great to have you back with us again. And we are just going to start with prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Uh, We thank you for this season that we're in, uh, this year of 2020, a year of unprecedented happenings. And uh, Father, we know that you're in control. And uh, through all the voices in the media and from around the globe, there are many, many voices. But Father, this morning we long to tune our hearts to your voice and we long to hear what you have to say. Father, we know that you're in control and that the destinies uh, of nations are in your heart. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about uh, our nation's birthright, and uh, this is part two of that message. Uh, In the simplest terms, our birthright is what God has for us in the future. If only we knew, if only you knew, if only I knew, and we as a nation knew what God had for us in the future. Listen to this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And it says, Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. I also wanted to read from Isaiah chapter... Uh, 49 this morning. Uh, The book of Isaiah was written around about 700 years before Christ. And there are a lot of prophecies that look forward to the Messiah in that time. But uh, over the years, I've read this verse or this passage of scripture many times. And I know that it speaks about the nation of Israel and the coming Messiah. But as I've read through it over the years, I've also taken that as a a personal thing for myself, and also a word for this great uh, nation of Australia and the surrounding islands. It says, Listen to me, O coastlands, and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. From the matrix of my mother he has made mention of my name, and he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he has hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver he has hidden me. And he has said to me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, But I have laboured in vain, and I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord, and my work with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel is gathered to him. For I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Indeed, he says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to whom man despises, to whom the nations abhors, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and rise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and he has chosen you. Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you, and I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages, that you may say to the prisoners, go forth, and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves." So over the years, I've, uh, I've read this many times, and although I know it was speaking in a specific time in history, and it was talking about the nation of Israel, and it was looking forward to the coming uh, Messiah, it was speaking to that particular nation. But I also feel, as I'm reading this, that this is so personal to the nation of Australia, uh, to New Zealand, and to the Pacific Islands. God has a plan of redemption and he has a plan of restoration 
And it says there, in an acceptable time. And I, I know that, you know, there are really critical times in history where God is about ready to do something. And I really believe that this is a time we're in. If I could read it again to you, it says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. I will preserve you and, you, and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages, that you may say to the prisoners, go forth, and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. So this is an incredible word of scripture and it is uh, prophetic in its nature and you can pick up the spirit of it as I read it this morning. I also want to move on this morning uh, to the year 1606 when uh, the Portuguese uh, explorer Pedro Fernandes de Curros, uh, who came in search of a great south land, stood somewhere in Vanuatu and spoke of the destiny of Australia and the islands and the Pacific region almost a hundred years before it was discovered by Captain Cook. And here is part of what he said. He said, let the heavens, the earth, the waters, and all their creatures and all those present witness that I, Captain Pedro Fernandez de Curros, in the name of Jesus Christ, hoist this emblem of the Holy Cross on which his person was crucified and whereon he gave his life for a ransom and a remedy of all the human race on this day of Pentecost, 1606. I take possession of all this part of the south as far as the pole in the name of Jesus, which from now on shall be called the southern land of the Holy Ghost, La Australia del Espirito Santo. And this forever and ever and to the end, that all the natives in all the said lands, the holy and the sacred evangel may be preached zealously and openly. This is the beginning of the history of Australia and it is as, as we know it today and it is very powerful. With regard to God's word, I want to go back to uh, now a little bit to what we were talking about a, a couple of weeks ago. With regard to God's words, the names that are given at birth often speak of destiny. And the idea of birthright is connected to uh, the person of Jacob. So we have the God of Abraham, and we have the God of Isaac, and we have the God of Jacob. And we know that Jacob uh, made a deal with his brother Esau because he wanted the birthright. Once again, I want to say that birthright is what God has for us. And we need to know that each one of us, each Christian, God has, in a sense, for you a birthright. And uh, us as a church, we have a birthright. In other words, it's a unique plan that God has set in motion, but existed in his heart before we were formed in our mother's womb. And this is spiritual birthright. And also our nation has a birthright, and it is co connected right into the words that I read here, from Isaiah uh, chapter 49, and it is connected into these words that Dekuros spoke over our nation. In Genesis chapter 32, Jacob wrestled with God. He was at the uh, brook um, Jabok, and uh, he met an angel, and he wrestled with the angel. The angel was actually I believe the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's called a theophany, which is an Old Testament appearance of the Lord. And there Jacob wrestled with this man, with this angel until daybreak. And, the, and he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the angel said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And Jacob really is a name that describes Jacob's human nature. And uh, Jacob means supplanter, it means trickster. But there was an exchange happened in this encounter at the brook Jabok, and, and uh, God says to him, what's your name? And he says, my name's Jacob. And then he said, from this day, your name is Israel, which means Prince of God. In other words, in that encounter, the nature of Jacob 
was changed from being an ordinary man who was in pursuit of God to being a nation. And, and the birthright came to him. And today the nation of Israel exists very much because of this encounter that happened that day. I want you to know this morning that there is a destiny that is ahead for us and we need to be able to understand it so that we can connect with it. If you look back at the short history of Australia, we have very much a Christian heritage and it needs to be understood. To be able to understand your divine destiny, it is helpful and perhaps even critical to understand your pasts, your origins and your history. And I want to give us some interesting points this morning. I have not got time to go right into this, but I want to give you a very quick overview of some very important things. Firstly, Australia is very much a Christian heritage and it needs to be understood. The first Christian service was conducted by the Reverend Richard Johnson just three days after the arrival of the first fleet on the 3rd of February 1788. The official religion brought to Australia by the first fleet was evangelical Christianity and the foundations of this great nation were established on this. Alfred Deakin was the second Prime Minister of Australia and was also regarded by many as the father of, founda- of Federation. He was a man of faith and deep conviction. His early history sort of reflects quite a mixture in his Christianity, but as he went on further, he had some kind of enlightenment and some kind of encounter with Christ. But this is, I want to just connect the dots this morning that we have this word that I've read from Isaiah chapter 49, and we have the Decurus prophecy, but now we're moving forward to a man by the name of Alfred Deacon, who is a significant figure in Australian history. And uh, he prayed for, and he sensed God's providence with regards to his prime ministership and the Federation of Australia. It was as though he had some significant prophetic insight. I think this is really remarkable this morning because we are here in the Cobbin Coast Stables in Sale, in the heart of Gippsland, And it seems that the Deacon family had some kind of connection with these stables because Alfred Deacon's father, William, at one stage was the general manager of the Cobbin Co. So it is likely, although at this stage we've been unable to find any record, it is likely that he would have visited these stables. So this morning I feel like as I stand here, that I am somehow connected with my forefathers and the faith that they had. And I really believe this is very important to understand our future because most people don't. Most people have lost sight of the sense of future, the sense of the divine, and the the sense that we actually have a divine plan that is made available to us by God. And this is what we call birthright. As I said before, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I hasn't seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed uh, those things to us by his Spirit. Robert Garron, the son of a congregational minister, helped draft Australia's federal constitution and was appointed the Secretary of the Attorney General's Department on the 1st of January 1901, becoming Australia's first federal public servant, and he wrote this poem, and it's a prayer. He said, help us build a nation, a people proud and free, proud of our high vocation, humble, O Lord, to thee, aflame with high endeavour, Though many paths be trod, sorry, though many paths be trod, keep us united forever, one people serving under God. I think this is absolutely incredible because the Federation of Australia was a church service. And if you read this poem, it was obviously written from a 
Christian man whose heart was aflame for the future of this nation. This is a picture of the great birthright that God has for us. We live in the most incredible uh, nation, and last week I briefly explained that our birthright is freedom and it is blessing. And they are just two words that you could use to describe. But the future of this nation, we're only 120 years old almost, since Federation. What will God do in the next 100 years? It is really up to us, and it is really up to the church to rise up and become everything that God has called us to be because God wants to take us into the next level of our birthright. Moving on in a, a little bit further, we have the Anzacs. And uh, this scripture here that I read is talking specifically about the nation of Israel, but it is also talking about the nations. And in our history, uh, while Australia was only 13 or 14 years of age, it was really the Anzacs, it was the young men and young women, the young indigenous men and women of Australia and also New Zealand that, that uh, fought in World War I and had such a powerful influence on the birthing of the nation of Israel. So there is this amazing connection between Australia, New Zealand, and the nation of Israel. It's very important to understand this, because when Abram, when God made a covenant with Abram, he, he called him out of his land and he took him to a place uh, which is now the, the nation, where the nation of Israel, and he said, Abram, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a nation, and uh, through you all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And he said, whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless them. And whoever curses you, I'm going to curse them. So when we join our hearts with the nation of Israel, that attracts a very, very powerful and special blessing. I have not got time to go right into the depths of this this morning, but the Anzacs were instrumental in the liberation of uh, Jerusalem which opened the way for the rebuilding of the nation of Israel. One of the most amazing proofs, I believe, that the, uh, the Christian faith is so powerful, dynamic and true is the fact, one, that Jesus on the third day was risen up out of the grave, out of the tomb, and this is why we celebrate Easter, the resurrection, but the most amazing other sign that I have seen, which absolutely blows me away, is that the fact that on the third day of history, post-Christ, God resurrected the nation of Israel. And this is a remarkable miracle. So part of the Anzac legend is the account of the charge of the Light Brigade. And uh, history was made, but not only was history made in that charge of the Light Brigade, which was led by General uh, Harry Chevelle, it was prophecy being fulfilled. And when you go back and you read the diary and the journals of, uh, of uh, Chevelle, he was aware and they were aware that they were actually creating and fulfilling biblical history. And if you want to go a little bit deeper into this, I want to recommend two books that you should have on your bookshelf. The first one is The Anzac Call by Jill Curry, and the second one is 800 Light Horsemen by Cole Stringer. They're both wonderful uh, accounts that tell the story of how God used a bunch of Australians to deliver the nation of Israel and to deliver, to liberate Jerusalem so that the nation could be rebuilt. This is part of our birthright. You know, what God spoke to the nation of Israel applies to this great south land of the Holy Spirit. It applies to the islands in the Pacific and it applies to the nation of New Zealand. Let's just talk about birthright for a minute. Firstly, birthright relates to God's purposes and promises. When we go back to Jacob, you know, Jacob understood that birthright was just more than a title that you were giving or receiving. 
but it relates to far, far more than that. It relates to God's purpose and his promises. I never had any idea when I became a Christian, when I first became a Christian, what it really meant. But I've come to understand that God has made available in the heavens a birthright for every believer. You know, and the scripture says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is a remarkable thing because God has put something there in the heavens over the life of every individual, which is your birthright. And you have a choice of whether you reach up into the realm of the unseen and you begin to draw that down over your life. This is also true of our nation. I really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has made this nation of Australia, Australia, New Zealand, the islands of the Pacific, a land of destiny. And it was no accident that the Kuros stood in Vanuatu in the islands up around that area and spoke so prophetically and powerfully over this nation. And when he spoke those words out, went out, you today are actually the fulfillment of that prophetic word. This is remarkable. And our children need to know the story. You know, this is something that is not going to be taught in school. But this is... This was actually taught in school when I was a young person and I remembered it, you know, as a teenager. And then, you know, God quickened these words to me later on and my journey has brought me here to this place to totally understand that over my life and over the City Builders Church and over other churches like this and certainly every church like this, there is a birthright there is a purpose in God. There is a blessing in God that is made available to us. And this is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. So birthright relates to God's purpose and his promises. Secondly, birthright is what God has for us in the future. You know, uh, we go through times in history where you think, what now? 2020 has been a most extraordinary year where life has changed for just about everybody. And I think we've just seen the beginning of that change. And a lot of people lose, lose hope during times like that. But this morning I want to encourage each one of you to look to God and to not look so much at what you see. I mean, it pays to know what's going on. You need to be, able, you need to be informed, but you need to know what God is doing. And this is important because here this scripture speaks to us this morning. It speaks to my, our church. It speaks to me and it speaks to you. The Lord's saying this in an acceptable time. Do you want to say that after me? In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. When we begin to go, God, help me. God, I'm here for you, God, I'm making myself available to you, then God moves in the heavens. He moves towards you and you are able to begin to access the birthright that God has for you. This is so very important. Birthright is what God has for us in the future. You may think, I have no future. A lot of young people are thinking, I have no future. A lot of people who are in business, their hopes have been smashed before them. They've lost jobs and they've lost wealth overnight. Everything that they built their life upon almost has been dashed. Their hopes have been dashed. But I want you to know that this morning we have a birthright. And it is given by God and it is not the end. In fact, this can be the beginning of a new life and a new future. So God is in the future. And God is a God of the present. God is a God of the past. But I tell you what, as you go forward, God is there every day. You know, God is in my tomorrow. I've been through a time in my life where, you know, it seemed that everything was stripped away, everything that I had saved, everything that I'd worked for. And I remember it because during that time I went to this scripture and God seemed to speak to me out of it again. And there were the words. There's been really uh, three times in my life where God has spoken to me very clearly out of this verse of scripture. One of them was when I was a young Christian and I was looking forward to what God had for me. 
And, and this scripture just jumped out of the page. And it was the Lord said to me, in an acceptable time I've heard you. I can write my name right in the scripture. Brian, in an acceptable time I've heard you. And in a day of salvation I have helped you. You know, we've got a choice here because we can, you know, follow the negativity of the media, follow the fear, or we can turn our hearts to God. And we can look for our birthright because there is a new tomorrow. There is a greater day. And back here when Jacob in Genesis chapter 32, Jacob wrestled with God until the breaking of a new day. And if we can learn to do this during our difficult times and during our stressful times, then a new day can dawn for you. And this is a day where God's birthright begins to manifest for you. You know, this, I'm really into this. I really love this. So number one, God, uh, birthright relates to God's purpose and promises. Number two, birthright is what God has given us for the future. And God is a most amazing future for Australia. You know, Australia's got some problems at the moment. I think we're a trillion dollars in debt approaching that. That's our national debt. I believe that our state debt is somewhere around about 100 billion. The Queensland state debt is similar. So all these are big problems and could take 20, 30 years to repay that. But one thing we haven't bought into the equation is the prayer that this man prayed right back on the day of federation of this great nation. Help us build a nation, a people proud and free, Proud of our high vocation, humble, O Lord, to thee. Aflame with high endeavour, though many paths be trod. Keep us united forever, one people serving God. Isn't it amazing how the words, you know, this was the original glue that began to federate the nation of Australia and bring the states together to, to, to bring this nation to its present state. But those words are being tested today. And they're being tested by not only the, the pandemic that has been, um, you know, uh, harassing the nations, but also the wrongly motivated leadership that are, are seeking to gain through this. Number three, birthright is important because it carries maximum blessing. Our birthright in this nation is one of blessing. Birthright is important because it carries maximum blessing. I wanted to talk about blessing. You know, when I was a, a young child, I went to church and blessing was basically, you know, where the minister blessed a child, put some water on the child, and that's what blessing was. It was sort of like a bit of a superstitious thing. But blessing is far more than that because God called Abram out and he brought him to a place and he said, Abram, I am going to bless you and I'm going to make you a nation. This is blessing. And through the process of time, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. And you know, the difference is this is what the difference is, is that the God of heaven, the great I am, came to live on the inside of Abraham. He was no longer Abram, but he became Abraham, the father of faith and the father of nations. And, you know, to, this year is 2020, but I want you to know where my roots are and where the foundations of my faith are. They're right back with this father of a nation. Abraham. And God's blessing of him over him is eternal, but it also relates to you and it relates to you and it relates to me. But Esau, he disregarded the birthright. It was coming to him as the firstborn, but he devalued it. He couldn't understand it. And this is what it's like for a lot of people. But when we really understand birthright and we can pursue birthright, the, the plans that God has for us in the right way, it will carry in our lives maximum blessing. 
This is wonderful. God wants for each one of his sons and his daughters maximum blessing. It's a covenant of blessing. God wants to increase you. God wants to come and he wants to live on the inside of you. God wants to live in your heart. God wants to take over your world, you know, so that he can rule through you, so that he can live through you. And this is what it really means to be a blessing and to be blessed. It's God on the inside. You know, right now the Bible says that, you know, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. And this is just a miracle. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. It is God coming to live on the inside. God lives in there today. And now you are just not anybody, but you are a son of God. And you can pursue maximum blessing over your life. It doesn't mean that, uh, hey, look, every day of your life is going to be rosy. Because that is not how it plays out. You know, God is in us, with us and in us in the good and in the bad through all the good things, all the setbacks. But God is there, and this is what you call process, that brings you to a place of blessing. And uh, this morning, in uh, September 2020, life is not perfect for any of us, but I can honestly say this is a blessed year in my life because God is at work. God is at work in my life. He's at work in my family. God is at work in the City Builders Church and other churches like us, I tell you there's something going on in the nation because God has got a birthright for the nation and he's going to do it. God is going to do what he said he would do. You know, when God inspired the Kuros to plant that emblem in the, in the soil and prophesy over the region, these words were inspired by God. Amen? So we are just seeing... I believe the first 110 years, 120 years has just been, has gone so quickly. Uh, I've been here for uh, more than half of that. And during that time, our nation has developed. But there is also other forces going on in our nation. And this is where we need to understand birthright. We need to understand our heritage. Your children need to know it because we have got a battle on our hands. Birthright can be established in one generation and it can be devalued, not realised and even lost in the next. And this is amazing because God established a covenant with Abraham and he said, this piece of land is yours. It's forever. It's, it's an eternal covenant. And uh, then Isaac is the next generation. But this is often what happens. Sometimes a generation can grow up that have heard the stories, but they have not broken through into God themselves. And that can be a dangerous time in our history. And birthright can be lost. You know, after Esau sold his birthright for a pot of stew, there was great anger and grief. And, you know, we need to be very careful as a nation because de Kuros stood out, uh, uh, you know, spoke over the nation. Long before that, God breathed over this region. And, and God defined the boundaries of our nation, as the Scripture says. And God had a plan. But do you know what? De Kuros came in and he spoke underneath that purpose and that mantle that God has. And since then... Other prophetic men have come into the nation and it is like they've come under the blessing, under the purposes of God over this nation and they've spoken out of that. And this is how the prophetic purposes of God uh, unveil and become unfolded for a nation. I tell you, our nation cannot enter into maximum blessing unless we come back to the God of our fathers. And that is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the warning this morning for every Australian is that birthright can be devalued, it can be not recognised, and it can be lost. In other words, we can have freedom and blessing in one generation 
and we can turn our back on it in the, in the next generation. This is the incredible time that we are living in here. And I believe that we need to be like Jacob when he came to Jabbok and he began to wrestle with God. He wrestled for his destiny. And this is what God wants us to do. It's time for the church in the nation to reflect and to look at every area that makes us like Esau, who is happy to live with comfort, is happy to have human needs met, but has forgot the birthright and devalued the birthright. Birthright relates to what is opened up in one generation and is passed to the next. This is really very important. Because you see, God used Abraham to open something up. A birthright was established. There was clear promises, clear benefits of the covenant. They were spelled out in the book of Genesis. And then we have Isaac, who is birthed into that covenant. He is, the, uh, he is, if you like, the offspring of that covenant because God promised, I'm going to give you a son. And um, Isaac, was the, he was the fulfillment of the covenant that God had made with Abraham. But in one generation, in the next generation, Jacob begins to wander off on his own way. Esau becomes totally lost. And you see, we are, this is a reality. We can have freedom in one generation. We can be connected to God in one generation. But in one generation, we can lose our way. This morning, the whole idea of birthright is so important because God has formed this nation. God has brought you here. God has brought me here. And throughout this great south land of the Holy Spirit and throughout New Zealand and the islands of the Pacific, Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Samoa, Vanuatu, God is moving and his hand is over those nations. But the enemy, our adversary, is always at work. And there is someone who is always seeking to undermine the foundations of faith that these great nations have been built upon. And because we have a generation that's unsure and haven't been really told the story often enough, they've been educated in other ways, they don't even know that there is a birthright. This morning, God is making something available to us. God is bringing something back to remembrance. Because God wants to cause the idea of birthright to live again on the inside of you. I want to declare this morning that Australia is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. It has been spoken not only by the words of men and women, but this is God's heart for this whole uh, region. That this land would become the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. In other words, at the end of history, when Jesus has come back to recon reconcile all things to him, it will go down in history that the nation of Australia was not a goat nation, but it was a sheep nation that has been totally redeemed by Christ and has followed him as a righteous nation. This is our birthright. Our birthright is freedom. Do you want to say that with me? Our birthright is freedom and maximum blessing. And they're just two words that I would use. I believe we could talk about this a lot more because this is a powerful subject. So there are forces at work uh, in our nation that seek to erode and undermine the foundations. They've been cleverly orchestrated, but God is still in control. And the birthright is over this nation. The call is over this nation. The divine call, the call of God. God is calling the nations during this time. During this time of great conflict, during this time of international crisis, God is calling the nations back to himself. 
God is allowing the nations to be shaken. God has not orchestrated this, but God is in control. And God is saying to every man and to every woman and every child, come back to me. And this is our birthright, because one day we are going to see such a shift in the heavens, which will create such a shift in the thinking of everyday Australians where they begin to think, what on earth have I been doing? And they'll begin to turn their hearts back to God. This morning, I believe the future very much depends on the church. Over the last uh, season, we've been talking about the future of the nation is determined by the future of the church. This morning, I wanted to give you a few points about what is necessary to secure our birthright. The first one this morning is there is a call to be answered. There is a call that comes to you. And, uh, you know, during people's lives, God begins to call them. And, uh, you know, people are part of this church because God called them here. You know, there is a call that goes out. God called me to Gippsland. And the call of God is the expression of God's heart toward you because he wants to do with you what he did with Abraham. He wants to bring you to a place so he can bless you there so that you can become a blessing. But you've got to understand birthright. You've got to understand that there is more than just going to church. God is calling you. This morning, God is sending out a call into the region, into the city, into the nation, and he's saying, come. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14, it says, many are called. This morning, right across this nation, in every city and across social media, there are messages going out like this where God is calling his people home. During this time, God is moving people geographically. God is going to move people out and he's going to move people in. You know, I, this place was never a place that I ever thought that I would be living. I sort of had my idea on the sunny, you know, when it talked about the coastlands, I was thinking about the Gold Coast. But no, uh, the coast that God gave me was down here in Gippsland, where the weather is a bit cooler but it was the call of God that brought me here. And I'll tell you where you need to be. You need to be not necessarily where you want to be physically or emotionally, but you need to be where God is calling you to be. There is a call. Many are being called. Many are being called to step out into new realms of faith during this time. New areas of business, new areas of ministry, Everything is changing so quickly. God does not want you just to stay and fossilize. God wants you to answer the call and begin to pursue what he has for you. This is birthright. Some will respond the right way. One of the scriptures we talk about often is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And it says, In those days there was not much revelation. But there was a young boy, a young boy, a teenager, serving in the temple. And for the first time, the voice of God was heard in the temple as God began to call out this young man, Samuel. But do you know what? Samuel was a step on, quite a few steps actually, from Jacob, but he was another link in the chain because God was going to use this man to further develop the birthright that was promised to Esau and Jacob. Many are called, but few are chosen. It's not if God calls you. You know, God is calling the nation. Many, many people are hearing it. No one, no one in Australia is not hearing what God is wanting. But there's a couple of problems. The noise of the world is so loud that he can't hear the still, small voice. But we need to be like Samuel. And Samuel begins to tune his life into the voice of the Lord. He says, is that you, Lord? 
So the call took Jacob towards Haran. The call, it was something on the inside that just took him out. You know, it began to position him. And, and that's what God did with me. Over the years, God began to position me. And this is how we need to respond to God. We need to follow his leadings. You know, we, we need to follow his leadings because there is a future. God wants to unfold something. God wants to open up something. God wants us to break through into something. And it all comes out of how we follow the call. The scripture says, many are called, but few are chosen. I've often thought, what does it mean? Let me explain this morning. Many are called, but few allow God to really process them and really prepare them for the blessing. God wants you to live under maximum blessing, not for your own sake. God wants to release something to you so that we can be a blessing in our generation. I also believe that, uh, you know, I talked about the Anzacs and last uh, November, Remembrance Day of the weekend, I spoke in this church about the Anzac call on this generation. And I believe, you know, during World War I, God used a, a generation of young people to birth a nation. And I believe that the call is going to begin to go out to a generation of young people again. Number one, there is a call to be answered. Number two, there is a God to be encountered. We must pursue God in such a way that there is a transformational intervention by God into our lives. You know, when uh, it's amazing the story of Esau and Jacob because they wrestled in the womb. It was a race to be born. Uh, and this was the way that it went on. But what God saw in the heart of Jacob was someone who genuinely was passionate about God and wanted the blessing of God. You know, some people are just so lackadaisical, you know, just so go with the flow, just so, well, just let's see what happens. And, you know, that's a good thing in a way. That's a bit of an Aussie attitude. But that also can be the reason why the birthright gets lost in the next generation. We need to cry out to God for a transformational encounter with him. This is a personal meeting with God that you must have that brings transformation in your life. You know, it was amazing how God just gradually in the early days drew me along. And, you know, it was one little encounter after another where things had happened and I go, yep, that had to be God. And God just bought me. But then one night, there was a night where I encountered the living God in my life. And that is where everything changed for me. You know, Moses had a burning bush experience. Paul, on the road to Damascus, had an encounter with the resurrected Christ, called up into the heavens. This is a transformational intervention by God. In these days, God is showing up. In these days of crisis, you know, because people's hearts are becoming open but not nearly as open as what they're going to become in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months. God is really beginning to do things. Jacob's heart was, God, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. This was a transformational encounter that was set up when Jacob, years before, had decided, I want the birthright. When Jacob wrestled with God, a nation was born. You know, I really believe during this time we may even be, and, and not just our church, but many churches like over this, you know, there is a prayer movement beginning to spring up in Melbourne where churches all over Melbourne and the group, that, uh, the, the network that I'm part of, many, many churches are beginning to gather to pray. Something's going on in our nation. 
During this time, if we will come to God and say, God, I want to encounter you, I need you, and wrestle with God, wrestle with him, you know, meet with him and negotiate with him. Do you know that I believe that God gives people the power to negotiate the destiny of families, cities and nations? This is literally what happened to Jacob. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, the scripture says, Behold, as, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Number three, securing our birthright. There is a Spirit of God, there is the Spirit of God that is alive on the inside of you. There must be something that can pick up what God is doing. Jacob just went out, but God brought him to a place. You know, Jacob was sort of off track and wayward, but God brought him to exactly to where he needed to be. God can do this. The Spirit of God is on the inside. You must realize that this is the most amazing miracle that the God who created heavens and earth, can come and live on the inside of you. This is the difference between religion and high-powered, dynamic Christianity, is that God can come and live on the inside of you. It's like the seed of God comes and takes root on the inside of your spirit. The life comes on the inside of you. Now, as you work with God, this life on the inside of you can become a powerful force. And it becomes an unstoppable force. Do you know what? You can't stop what's happening out in the world. You can't stop people making from crazy decisions. You know, some of the dumb things that even people in very high levels are doing. You can't stop that. But let me tell you this, if Christ lives on the inside of you, they can't stop you. You become an unstoppable man, an unstoppable, unstoppable woman, because the unstoppable God who created the heavens and the earth lives on the inside of you. What an incredible miracle that is. You can make a choice. Jacob made a choice. You know... There's a cry that can come out on the inside of you. I believe this, that the greatest of all miracles is that God can come and live on the inside. This changes everything. Number four this morning, there is a divine destiny to be understood. It seems to me that Jacob understood the blessing. He understood the birthright, but Esau just did not get it. And, you know, you can look at people like this, and it is amazing as you tell the history and you bring the word like this, that some people go, whoa, and then others go. It's amazing because it's the internal response. It's what's going on in the inside here. See, Jacob got it. He thought, I want that birthright. And he fought for it. And he even deceived for it. But God looked beyond his human deception and saw his heart. And that made him the perfect steward to carry the birthright. Australia is a land of destiny. From the first man who sighted these lands to the first service, to Alfred Deakin, our, uh, the second Prime Minister of Australia, to the Federation of Australia that was a Christian service to the foundations that have, were built and the institutions that have formed the basis of this free society and the law that we have been given that comes straight out of this book, to the Anzacs and the liberation of Jerusalem under the leadership of General Chevelle, they knew that they were fulfilling scripture. There is a divine destiny to be understood. Do you know what? Destiny is something that's on the inside of you. There's something on the inside of you that is either dead or it's alive. There's something, the lights have either gone out or there's a flicker on the inside. 
And this morning, God wants to do something. Because right now, I believe Australia can go two ways. And it depends what we do. There's a birthright to be secured. We have a generation that now cannot see. They don't get it. They haven't heard. They haven't seen. But the scripture says about you, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to his spirit. This generation has become dependent. But God is raising up a generation that's different. And this generation have a sense of destiny on the inside. Jesus had a sense of destiny on the inside. He looked forward to his destiny. He looked beyond the pain of the cross to the throne. It was the destiny that was set before him. God has a destiny for us. Number five this morning, there is prophecy to be fulfilled. To secure our birthright, there is prophecy that is fulfilled. When God spoke to Abraham, something supernaturally was already acti activated before Jacob, even before he was born. Do you know what? When I touch the birthright that God has for me, this is going to affect my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren who are unborn. Because one man touches the birthright and it's released to him the voice of spiritual fathers will go transgenerational. This is what God has done for us. When God spoke to Abraham, he was speaking right into Jacob's life. What one generation opens up, another generation can carry it further. That should be our heart, to take the word and finish what God has begun. You know, uh, the great revivalist Smith Wigglesworth came into Australia and New Zealand in uh, mid-1920s, and apparently he declared that Australia and New Zealand has been set apart for a great move of God, and he prophesied a, with regard to time about the time that we are living in now. Now, it's very hard to pin down the actual documentation to this prophecy, and it could be an urban legend. But there is something about this word that strikes a, a chord in the heart of every Australian that we know that this land is a land of destiny. We know that there is no other land like Australia in these islands. We are a blessed people and it is because of the destiny that we are connected with. Now we are going to determine the future. But what we need to do is we need to take the written word and we need to take the words that have been spoken by the prophets as they've come into this region. And just last year, just 12 months ago, we had uh, Dr. Jonathan stand right here and talk about the future, the next 20 years of this church. This is our birthright. So, so you know, when the word comes, you know, it is, it is, this is how the prophetic works. A, a prophet comes into an environment and he picks up what God has for us in the heavens, and he begins to release it to the hearers. But then the responsibility is ours. So God has a great plan for this church and uh, churches like this, and uh, I just want you to know that the future is quite incredible. Number six this morning, there are battles to be won. You know, last Remembrance Day, we talked about the Anzac generation. And I believe that in the days ahead and in the years ahead, in the season ahead, there's going to be generations that carry such a fervor of God and such a passion for destiny. They don't want to just exist. They don't just want to live life. They don't want to just go to church. But they have seen something in the Spirit like Jacob did. They are looking beyond and seeing Father than what other people are seeing. These are the ones that God is calling us. This battle, 
You know, there are battles to be won, and this is not a natural battle. This is not a battle against flesh and blood, but this is a spiritual war that we are in. I remember the night that God called me and confirmed my call to this part of Gippsland, that he gave me a dream, and in that dream there were two dates. One of them was 1914, and the other one was the 11th, the 11th, 1992. I really believe that this is the most amazing time for us and uh, churches like us all over the nations, I tell you, this is our time. Listen, our timing is in God. Our future is in God. Our purpose is in God. We're not just called to come to church. We're not just called to watch church, to be at church. We're not just called to invite people to church. We are called to be the church. And the church of the future will have such a grace to be able to win spiritual wars because they have standing with God. Listen to this. In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. This is what the Lord's saying to us. This is 700 years before Jesus come, but it's pointing towards the Messiah. I tell you what, there is no other answer in our nation. There is no other philosophy. There is no other way. Jesus is the way. He mapped it out from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the worlds. And then uh, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The Word is Jesus. There's no other answer. Why are we trying to find some way to reinvent everything? You know, it is because we have an adversary. Now, what we've got to do is we've got to come back to the nation, to the roots and the foundations of the nation. Once again, I just wanted to read the prayer of Robert Garron, son of a congregational minister, which was read at the Federation of Australia. Help us build a nation a people proud and free, proud of our high vacation, humble, O Lord, to Thee. Aflame with high endeavour, though many paths be trod, keep us united forever, one people serving under God. That is our future. That is the direction this nation must go. We can either go into chaos or we can go into blessing and freedom. Amen. This morning, I am absolutely, with absolute joy in my heart and deep determination, I want to be like Jacob. I want to see this birthright. I want to see this land become the great south land of the Holy Spirit. One day, that song, the great south land of the Holy Spirit, will become like the national anthem in this land. Amen. This morning, we, uh, we just thank God that you are here. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're just amazing. And here we are in 2020 in a most extraordinary time in the history of this nation and the nations and certainly our lives. But Father, there is such a, a sense that you are so much in control. And during this day, Lord God, Cities, regions, and even whole nations are going to turn around and are going to find the light again. I thank you for the words that were spoken by the prophets through history. Lord God, they're not like any written word because in them they contain the energy of the Holy Spirit. This morning, perhaps... There's something in what I've said that really is striking a chord on the inside of you. I want to give you an invitation. Many years ago, I prayed a prayer just like this. I opened my life to God and he came in. He answered my prayer. This morning, it would be just such an amazing honor if you would allow me to lead you in a prayer that if you pray this with sincerity... It will literally change the direction of your life. It'll bring you to a place of incredible blessing and hope. 
Just pray after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will follow you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I am born again and cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a great honour to be able to bring the word to you this morning. And uh, if you uh, would like to, you're most welcome to get in contact with us through our website. If uh, you really prayed that prayer with all sincerity this morning, then uh, we have uh, just some simple Bible studies that would really help you to understand this. And we'd like uh, to be able to send them your way. If you're not from this part of the world, we can certainly put you in contact with a great, vibrant church like this. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day and go after your birthright in Jesus' name. Amen.